0: This is Sons of the Flag Radio, brought to you by Fire Engineering Blog Talk Radio. Our mission at Sons of the Flag is to revolutionize burn care and the quality of life for veterans, first responders, and families. Sons of the Flag believes that the future of burn care resides in research and development. Our vision is to accelerate the process of testing leading technologies and pushing them into circulation for immediate use by burn survivors across the nation. We bring together passionate community leaders, pioneering physicians, dedicated first responders and purposeful civilians to complete our mission. If you'd like to listen to this episode or any other Sons of the Flag episodes, then log on to Fire Eng- Engineering Blog Talk Radio and look up Sons of the Flag. Be sure to also look up Sons of the Flag on all social media by typing in at Sons of the Flag. You can also access information about our missions at Sons of the Flag and a little bit more about it, of who we are in any of our upcoming events by logging onto our website at www.sonsoftheflag.org. As with all episodes, we'd like to start the evening um, honoring those that we've lost since our last episode. Uh, We're going to read a few names from the fireside, but we want to also make sure that we pause and honor our fallen law enforcement heroes and also our uh, fallen military heroes since our last episode. So our fallen firefighters since our last show are Richard Hempel, Kyle Osgood, James Muller, Sean Daniel, William McHale. Stuart Hunt, Brian LaTrent, and Bobby Smith. Let us take a moment of silence for these fallen heroes. Well, we've been
1: trying for this one. Yeah, we've been trying for this one. We lost you in Ireland for a little bit, but now we have a, a, an extremely special guest. I and, think, and I think all, both of us have heard you sing. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I think since 2018, I joined Sons of the Flag in 2017, around that time. Mm-hmm first stars and stripes event was 2018 and this gentleman got up on stage and belted out god bless america like i've never heard before and had the whole room moved and then i found out his backstory and landon and i have talked a little bit and and i've talked to him briefly there but also having conversations with greg turnell i'm like this is a conversation and an interview that we have to have and it's my absolute honor and my personal privilege to welcome you to uh, Sons of the Flag Radio. Don Graves, Iwo Jima, Marine Corps, all-around amazing individual, preacher. I don't, you got a list of accolades <laughs> that I could keep going on. But thank you so much for taking the time to be here today with us.
2: You forgot. And Troublemaker. And troublemaker. <laughs> you're, you're going
0: to find that out really quick.
2: You know, you mentioned about the, the song, God Bless America. I can tell you how that song came about during the war. Kate Smith, mm-hmm. wonderful singer, big lady, 200 pounds. <laughs> she had a broadcast. Irving Berlin was with her. He wrote a few songs for her. And Irving Berlin was a, a great American. He escaped from Russia, came over the northern border, snuck in boats on a ship, and got to America, became one of the best songwriters. He wrote... White Christmas. Wow. Oh, for, wow. He wrote a lot of songs for Ben Crosby. <clears throat> and <clears throat> this song is now almost taking the place of our national anthem. It is. And, uh, let's not disregard our national anthem. Nope. But it's the greatest mm-hmm. n- anthem was ever written. Absolutely. But it's becoming that popular. I got a knock on the door Saturday. And a gentleman, all dressed up, came to the to inside the door, and a young lady was with him, and a cameraman. And he said, "Don Graves." And now Mary knew about this, but she didn't <laughs> tell me. Yeah. And I said, "Yes, I'm I'm Don." He says, "Good." I have one question for you before we begin. Would you do us the honor of singing "God Bless America" at our grand opening in September at the North Texas Motor Speedway? What I said, well uh okay yeah <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> he laughed he said thank you that is absolutely and he amazing. said you have a beautiful vip i said oh thank you i said a party he said go ahead it's all there <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that is and you've, awesome you've been everywhere singing this singing this for a while haven't you it, 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 how long when did you start doing doing the singing what i do now
2: it never happened, and I lived in five states. I was a preacher, hmm. and I moved five states. I retired at 82 in Tucson, Arizona. My wife was getting very bad, it, complications of everything, but she just fell apart. And I called my daughter, and I I said, I can't handle her diet. I've been there twice it costs too much. You've got to move her to Texas. Mm. And I said, Me from Detroit? Move to Texas? Are you kidding me? <laughs> she says, You have no choice. And I said, Yeah, you're right. You hit me with that, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, you're right. Well, all right, I'm coming. Yeah. The best move I ever made other than receiving Christ as my
0: Lord and Savior. Absolutely.
2: The greatest move. I love this state I'll die here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I love everything about the state. I you know, I love what the state stands for. You know I just don't like the traffic we've got oh, yeah. now. Yeah. 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 It doesn't it's matter where you up. go. Yeah. No, we wanted to have this conversation. Um Sons of the Flag, we've you know, our mission's obviously burn care and taking care of those, but we also love speaking with our veterans, right? They mm-hmm. have a story. Um and that story is important to our history. And I think we're at such a perilous time in our nation that we need to remember what this foundation was built upon. And it's built upon individuals like yourself who made sacrifices to leave their families and go overseas to serve the greater cause and make the world what it is. And, you know, I think too many people these days have forgotten that.
1: Yeah. And
0: yes. Um, I had an uncle that died in Vietnam. I never had the honor or privilege to meet him. And it's always been my goal that I promised to my grandma and my family that I would carry his word on and his legacy. And, I mean, if you look at us, we're spitting images of each other, so there's no denying them. But I going to make sure that my kids and, and future generations understand what it was that we've done and what we've sacrificed. You know, I've toured Gettysburg. I've walked the battlefield at Gettysburg. I've studied the battle a little Round top. And, and just to see firsthand, you know, you know what we've dealt with here in the states is insurmountable to what you guys had to experience overseas and I think this is a generation that we need to hear this story the story has got to get out because these kids these days and I speak for myself I'm 39 years old and I and I do know what, what, what happened I do understand what happened but these kids now have got to remember what sacrifices took place and what destruction the world saw But there was a reason for it, and it's individuals like yourself are the reasons why we did it. We fought to have the greater good win, and we were going to conquer evil, and we did. And I think that's one thing we've got to always remember.
2: You've touched on a very sensitive topic. I speak in high schools. I spoke in a school over at Granbury. The boys came in, and then we had two sessions, and then the girls. The boys sat in. Oh, they they were about to graduate. And I I talked to them, and I got to talking about uh, the greatest generation. I said, fellas, I have to tell you, we did not know during the war what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. We heard greatest generation. What do you mean greatest generation? What was so great about us? Well, after Iwo Jima, on the sixth week, we were released. I hit the beach day one, six weeks earlier with 300 men in my company. Six weeks later, we were released by the 3rd Division. Eighteen of us walked down to the beach, no officers. Yeah. That's what those kids did. 7,000 killed, 20,000 wounded and mm-hmm. taken off. There were married men among them. Yep. But the majority were a bunch of teenagers. Mm-hmm. And we acted and looked like it on the beach. We yelled, we screamed. We were mad. Yeah. And I, and when I tell them this, these young men will just stare at me as though they never heard anything like this. We're not hearing it in the schools. Mm-mm. And I've had buddies that say, I'm not talking about it. I went through it once and I said, you've got to talk about it. You have to. Because another war comes along, we've got a bunch of kids just like us. They need to know what we went through and why we did it. Yeah. That that's what I that's why I do what I do when I get into the schools. Absolutely, something's wrong in school. We are not patriotic anymore, and I'll tell you what put me to shame. A few weeks ago, I was in Normandy, and I stayed in a home of two uh, French people, uh, lovely people. You never saw so many flags in your life. Every backyard, front of the house, has an American flag together with the French flag. Oh, man. In the cemetery, it's an American flag and a, Fre- a French flag. And the caretakers of our cemetery are the people of that town. Wow. They take turns maintaining it. I was with Laramie Blum, Good man. Photographer. You probably know him. He does a lot of interviews. He uh, he did our trip for us. The money was raised through TikTok. We got seventeen thousand dollars from people who wanted me to go to Ireland because I'd always talk about I've got to go to Ireland one day uh, my grandma if she were alive, she would be so excited about it. Her name was Dorothy, yeah. and her family all came from County Cork, Dublin, and so that's why I chose to go there yeah it it was just great, so he said, we're going to get up early in the morning he took he had to take pictures so he said, I have one place I want to go, and wherever you folks want to go, we'll go. We dro- and it was sprinkling. We pulled up next to uh, uh, four rows of beautiful young trees, about 12 feet high, and I thought it was a cemetery. So we walked in, and it wasn't. It's just trees with an American flag attached to each tree and the name of someone. And uh, my buddy said to me, "Don, how many trees do you think are here?" And I said, "I don't know." He said, "We gotta count them. Count one row; uh, they're all the same. Four rows. I came up with 335. Anybody listen knows what that figure is—the mm-hmm. Twin Towers. Yeah. This is a wealthy Irish lady that followed the tr- the Twin Towers. Ireland was listening to everything that happened there." She bought that lot and bought those trees and had them planted in his pay and is paying a jenner to maintain it. Wow. You talk about patriotism. Yeah. There it is. That's a beautiful thing. I had goosebumps just all over I my see. body. I just yeah, about broke down.
0: I've got them right now.
2: I just about broke down. This is what you see in the high school. I spoke in two high schools. There was our flag. There was their flag. They asked questions about America. mm mm-hmm. France has never, they went through something. They were occupied. Yeah. We saw a chapel. And it's on the river. And everybody knows about this chapel, St. Patty. Mm-hmm. He was in that chapel. Okay. That's where he went many years ago. And we went in the chapel. And a woman was there directing everything. And she told me all about it. And she said, You know, she said, when you leave here, you're going to see another church. And be sure and walk in. We got to it. And it's called the Church of the Blood Stained Pews. The pews are loaded with stained blood that are dried from the war. Our kids were shot up fighting the Germans. And they sat in those beaches waiting to get attended because they made a hospital out of that of, of that chapel. I mean, you can walk in there and there it is. I have the postcards with pictures on it. Yeah. People can't believe it. Right, large blood spots on the seats. That's what these kids went through.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it it it. We don't have that kind of a love anymore and respect. No. Somewhere. We've made mistakes, but it's got to start in the schools. I agree. It's got to start at junior high school because that's where everything starts.
0: Yep.
1: You said something so interesting, you you know, talk about the greatest generation and being being somebody who, you know, just only read it in the history books and stuff. We don't stop to think that it was just just kids like the ones in high school. Y'all were just 18, 17 years old, you know. you know, we, t- we there's obviously this great divide on how people are brought up in in different generations, but they were you know, were just y'all you know, were kids that we that we see now they had yeah. to become men like that. You know, I,
2: I want to share something with the people that would be listening and with you, mm-hmm. if I may.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> uh,
2: I'm trying to I'm trying to get to where it all started. We were in the cemetery with all the crosses at Normandy, both beaches. And we got in there. Now, they put me in a wheelchair. I, I have a walker, and I use it when I have a lot of walking to do. Mm-hmm. And they put me in a wheelchair. They could push me around. So we're sitting there, and there are six of us. This is a, this is a group that are, go there every year, and they try and get Second World War veterans. How many do you think we have that went with us? Three. Uh, It's low numbers. Won't be with us next year. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. We're sitting there and it's quiet, just a perfect quiet evening. And one of the men said, "Don, don't you think it'd be proper for you to do one verse of Amazing Grace?" (laughs) And I sang it. I sang one verse, and when I ended, every one of us had tears in our eyes. Because those kids responded at 17 years old. Some went in at 16. Some tried to get in a little earlier. In the Marine Corps, you can't do it. You've got to have that birth certificate, Mm -hmm. and don't ever lie about it (laughs) because you'd be in trouble. (laughs) That's what we had to do. We were sitting in a car in front of the house in Detroit. That's my hometown. The 8th of December, one day after Japan struck, we're sitting and listening to the big bands. We love the big bands. Wish they were back, but it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the announcer interrupted. He said, ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this broadcast. The president of the United States is going to address the nation. Well, we didn't know what it was about. Right. And then on come our favorite hero, our greatest president, President Roosevelt, led us through the war mm-hmm. and then died. And this is what he said yesterday december 7th 1941 a date that will live in infamy united states of america was suddenly and deliberately attacked upon by the naval and armed forces of the empire of japan i interpret the will of congress and of the people we shall gain triumph from victory so help us God! It was something like that that stimulated us. Sixteen years old, the three of us sitting in that car. I said tomorrow morning, I'm skipping school. I'm going down and join the Marine Corps. And my buddy says you can't. You got to be seventeen. You're going in the Marine Corps. I said I'll get the paper and give it to my mother. She won't sign either. She went through the first word. She's not going to sign that paper. Yeah. I said she'll sign it. No, she won't. I got up in the morning. I told my siblings, two sisters and a brother, don't say nothing to Ma. So I took off and I ran all the way downtown, about a mile away, to the Federal building downtown. I went up on the fourth floor, there's a gunny sergeant standing in the doorway. He said, What can I do for you, young man? I said, I wanna sign up. I wanna join up. He said, How old are you? I said, sixteen. I can't do it. You gotta be seventeen years old. Well, I've only got six months to go. He says, All right, come on in. He said I'm going to give you a piece of paper. You take that paper to your mother and father. When you're 17, I said, I only got six months here. when you're 17, have them both sign this paper. Bring it back to me. We'll do business. He said to me, do you want to do that? I said, yes, sir. He said, go. I ran all the way home. I was excited. And when I got through the kitchen door, my mom's standing there baking. And I said, my gosh, I skipped school. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and did she come at me with an Irish <laughs> shillelagh Oh Well oh, that was my grandmother's daughter. Oh. oh my gosh. She really whipped it into me and she <laughs> said, Throw it away. I don't want anything to do with it. I went through one I'm not going through this. Yeah. I went in the dining room, stuck it in the buffet drawer, put papers on top. So six months later I turned seventeen. They had a birthday cake. We had family there. My dad was there. I didn't have a good father. He was gone a lot, not good. But he was there, and he was a Marine in the First World War. And he said, what do you got there? I said, it's a paper. I'm going to listen to the Marine Corps. He said, give me that. Get a pen. He signed it. He said, Vera, sign this. She said, I'm not signing that. Vera, listen to me. And I stood there by my dad looking at my mother. He said, the boy quit school. He's doing odd jobs. He'll probably turn out to be a bum. Sign it. And when he said that, I looked at my mother like this.
0: <laughs>
2: and she said, give me the paper. <laughs> I said, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she signed the paper. He signed it. I went back down to the, and now I'm 17. I went down, and the gunny met me You're back again? I said, yes, sir, and I'm 17. He said, all right, I want to tell you something right now. You see that door over there? I said, yes, sir. You're going in that door, and you're going to meet a a, a Navy doctor, and he's going to check you over inside now from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. Do you want to do that? I said, yes, sir. He said, go. I'll never forget that physical. I will never forget it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest experience of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I w-
0: <laughs>
2: well, I got in, signed up. gave us a little, and see, he said, now in, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to call you and your mother and father. They're going to bring you down here at the train station. We're taking off for San Diego. You're going to go to boot camp. So that's the start of the United States Marine Corps, but a lot of kids. We were all seventeen years old. One every now and then, a married guy would be the twenty, twenty-one years old, you mm-hmm. know. But that was it. And I, 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 when I came home, my mother said, "How does it feel to be a recognized gr- member of the Greatest Generation?" And I looked at her. I said, "Ma." The heroes we left behind, mm. seven thousand of my buddies on that item, twenty thousand wounded taken off, put aboard a ship, many of them born, thrown overboard and sea, buried at sea. I said, "There was the heroes." Yeah. She's like, "Yes,
0: son, you're right." I want to ask you real quick because I've read a couple articles that you've been uh, associated with. You made mention to during boot camp to as Sergeant Phelps. About him basically driving. Oh you. Phillips! Yeah, Phil, Phillips. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. My glasses are all <laughs> all messed up. So Gosh, it's I hate that guy, but I love him. <laughs> you, right? Do you you want to elaborate he made, a little bit?
2: He took a bunch of kids and made us Marines. Yeah. First thing he did one morning, he fell us out. We went to chow. I was, I don't know what happened to me. I was washing my teeth, and it's five thirty. We got up at five o'clock, and I went off from my tent, and they're gone. I ran out, r- and there they are, they're marching across the parade ground to the mess hall. I ran up, he knew I jumped in the back rank. He said, Tune, halt, one, two, grays fall out. I fell out in front. He said, What time do we go for chow? I, th- I think it's six o'clock. Bam, bam, right upside each of my head, Bo- open hands. I went down on the ground, <laughs> and some of my buddies went, "Oh, oh. <laughs> he violated. We can't touch him, and he can come up and breathe in our face, but he can't touch us." Yeah. He he let me have it. Everybody was saying, "Burn him, turn him in, burn him, graves." I went. And I had a phone call coming. So after after a, 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 a training in that after chow, I went down the phone. That's all we could do was make a phone call. No no sweets at all, no boogie bait for six weeks, none. So I got on the phone and called. Well, my dad answered. I thought my mom would answer. He says, what's going on? And I said, well, and I told him all about it. He said, shut your mouth and go back to your tent. You wanted it, you got it, that's it. (laughs) And I stood there and I said, (laughs) I didn't ask for that. <laughs> I didn't ask for that. <laughs> I went back, and you know, by the end of the six weeks, all of us, we loved the guy. He made men out. He turned kids into men, Marines. Yeah. We thought we could lick the world.
1: My uh, uh, gentleman, who used I used to work with, uh, uh, was a uh, Marine drill sergeant, and you know, he used to talk about how he. Felt fully responsible for every young man mm-hmm. and young woman that came. He said, every life of theirs. He said, I knew what I lost one over in Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah. He said, and I remember their names. He said, if I didn't do my job, if I wasn't as harsh as I could possibly be and wrecked them and build them back up into the marine that they needed to be, they wouldn't survive. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what has to be done. And And that you had somebody like that 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 built you into that is is incredible
2: i showed there were two young boys and they're war buffs and they came to my home yesterday i i high school kids they come and see me and i showed them pictures they said is that a boot camp picture that's it we, that's our graduation picture hey, how was your sergeant well i said that's him right there and that's the corporal and i said uh he he made marines out of us And he said, well, can you tell us some of the things that happened, you know? And I told him all about it, you know. I didn't use the language, but I told him all about it. And I said, you know, we all hated his guts, but we all respected him Mm -hmm. because he made men out of teenagers. Yep. When we first started, that morning that he made us fall out, he said, I have 55 of you snot-faced kids, and they say I'm supposed to make men out of it. Well, we'll see. Uh, that was hard to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We knew we were in for something. I don't know how it is now. I don't know if it's the same or not. I don't think they could get away with what happened to us. I don't think so. No, but I think oh, that
0: kind of goes back to the generational issue right now. You know, Yes, we. Yes are missing that structure. And it's again, it goes back to the school system. My wife's a first grade teacher. Well, she's going to third grade now, but just to watch the way that kids come in these days, they don't have that, you know, they're missing that level of respect. Yeah. Oh. And when teachers are unable to discipline, then we start having these lapses, right? Then we start getting these generational gaps yes. and then it doesn't, yeah. it, it, you know, the, the family life, parents are absent parents or whatever, we're missing that thing. And it's unfortunate that sometimes it takes a third party individual, such as a drill instructor, or, you know, in our case, maybe a fire Academy instructor to make you who you're supposed to be. Sometimes you've got to look in different places. You've got yeah. to make that step forward and challenge yourself and be uncomfortable for a long time. And then again, you've got to be able to transform and go, endure the suffering and go forward but again, it goes back to the generation stuff. You know, we're you know in my house, I've always believed that I don't want my son to be. He, he's going to respect me. I don't want him as my friend. I'm his dad, yeah. And we're going to have that level of respect in the house, and he's going to understand why I'm hard on him. But at the same time, I want him to grow, and I want him to evolve. And I think that's the same thing. I don't. I, again, I can't attest the way it is in boot camp, but the generational thing it, it's it's just almost a lack of ownership now in these relationships and building strong kids and strong you know individuals to grow up you know into. yeah
1: we've gotten to the point where i mean I grew, I grew up with a pretty disciplinary father my father was a preacher and you know if he'd, he'd let you know if you did something wrong and but you i never held against him the, the spankings or, or being upset or anything like that because at, at a young age i knew that he was he was my dad, like he needed to do something in order to instill in me what he needed to instill. And maybe it's absentee parenting or I, I'm, I'm not too sure. But there is there is that it, people feel like if, if, the, if the parent is too harsh on the child or if the parent is stern on the child, then they're just doing something wrong. But that's really what you need to. The world is not a nice place. It's not a kind mm. area to just walk into. You need to understand that you're going to get kicked. And the only way that you can get back up is by learning from getting kicked a couple of times already.
2: Yeah. There's a difference of a father being harsh with his son so that he gets molded for the future.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Other than what I had, he beat us. Yeah. Because he just wanted to beat us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we
1: knew that. Kids know. They know. They know. Yeah. They understand. Yeah. Yeah. So after boot camp, um, what, what was your first wh- – where did you first go after boot camp? Pardon? Where did you first go after boot camp? After boot camp, where did they send you? Uh, uh, when was it? When I graduated? Yes,
0: sir. Yeah, uh, where, yeah, where did you go?
1: We
2: had six. We did, we did in eight weeks what they do 13 weeks oh. because <laughs> there were so many kids yeah. joining up. The parade ground, you couldn't walk across. And can you imagine all of our platoons in and out, one and out, we never touched we never touched. We, th- we swore we were going to slam it in one another. All right, a bleak, Moved us just like that. <laughs> wow. We were sharp on that. I'll
0: tell you,
2: we marched. We really did. Wow.
0: So where did you go after boot camp? So
2: Well, after when I graduated, I went over to New Zealand. Okay. And we trained further with a with an um, anti-tank battalion. We were all assigned to that. I drove a pickup truck, and uh, it had a 37 millimeter gun on it, anti-tank gun. Mm-hmm. And there were four. There were two in the back and two of us in front. I have hearing aids. That rifle, with that gun, when it—some we used to fire it on the run. It would crack in my head. Oh, sharp crack, and. Eventually, a few years after I got out working, she said, you've got a loss of hearing. (laughs) Every year it went down. (laughs) So finally I went to the VA and they checked, man, you're going on hearing aids. (laughs) I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah, so my ears were damaged from that, yeah. So. But but uh, we, we we were with them for about 18 months. Okay. And then we were loaded for bear, ready to go to an island, and they canceled out on us because... The half-tracks that were there were bogging down. We have any tank, 75-millimeter half-tracks. Okay, They bogged down. They broke us up. Roosevelt did this. Mm-hmm. I have something interesting to tell you, What? why Iwo Jima came about. An admiral was in a Navy gathering, a Navy league. I spoke, and when I got through, I said, are there any questions? The admiral got up and said, Don, he said, I have something to say. Yes, sir. He said, I want you to know that I spent every day during the war at the Pentagon. I never boarded ship. And he said, I want to tell you how Iwo Jima came about. He said, uh, uh, the president called McDarker and my boss, Admiral Nimitz, Chester B. Nimitz, great man. I love the guy. The both those guys had other men, and they were all assembled there. In comes the president in his wheelchair. He's got leggings on, mm-hmm. he's got his cane with him, and he wheels right up to the chart that big. He takes his stick, and he says, Gentlemen, and he reached up and he pointed to a spot 600 miles from Japan. It was called Iwo Jima. And he said, Do you know where I'm pointing? MacArthur didn't know. Nobody knew. Admiral Nimitz stood up. He said, Mr. President, if I'm not mistaken, you were touching an island called Iwo Jima. Exactly. I want that island. And Nimitz says, sir, I want that island. It's got to be removed because we're sending B-29 directly and back. Some of them dropped in the ocean. They had no place to land. Mm -hmm. Iwo Jima was in the way, and they were... Notifying them that we're on our way over there, yeah, and that's what they received. They got shot up. Well, after that all settled, direct bombing twenty four hours a day. That's that's how Iwo Jima started.
0: Yeah, that is that is always wild because you know I've always heard you know through my interpretation that it was a stronghold that was basically a critical point that we needed to capture. You know,
2: absolutely, Uh, we. We didn't understand that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when we were released, I mentioned there were 18 of us left coming off the island. Mm-hmm. Well, we, of, of our of our re- our regiment, our battalion, walked down by the gate of the cemetery. And our regimental commander, Harry the Horse Liversidge, First World War, bellowed wood decorated. Wow. And... He led, he led the regiment. My battalion commander caught 105 short right behind him, blew the CP up, and killed him instantly, of course. Mm. And <coughs> he said, I want you to assemble by that gateway, and I want you to walk in, and I want you to say goodbye to your buddies and your officers. We walked in one by one. This is in the books. There was a piece of paper tacked on the left arch, Every Marine read it when we went through. When I came to it, this is what I read. I tell this wherever I speak. Fellas, when you go home, tell the folks we did our best that they may have many more tomorrows. Every eye came off a Marine that walked through that. We don't cry easy, but we sure shed tears for that one. I'll never forget that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right.
1: yeah what a. <laughs> Schools
2: should hear that, and I yeah. tell them about it.
0: No, I, I think you know that's a part of the history that we're missing. There's there's an emotional aspect, and it's we could see photos and read stories all day long, but until so you see that real connection, and you're reading those words and saying your goodbyes to everybody. That's where it's real. Um, Yeah. We're, we're missing that. And, and, and I think if more people could understand that side of history and that part of the story, I think overall we, we would be better off. Um, And we would have more respect for the generations before us, um, the Korean generation, the Vietnam generation, uh, obviously your generation. Uh, I'm bold enough to make
2: a statement. I make it all the time. I tell young boys this. We are going to have a fight. Yeah. And you know who it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Russia. Mm-hmm. It's going to be China. Yeah. They are going to try something. Japan did it. They're mm-hmm. following the same pattern that Japan Je- Island, how, what, uh, country to country to country. He tried to do it. Yeah. Uh, Putin tried, but we intercepted. Yeah. China is getting ready for something. They're not doing this just to harass us. No. Something, and the boys better in school. They better learn right now in school what happened in the First and Second World War mm-hmm. and get ready for it. Yep. Because when they go to boot camp, it's a blow in the face. It's a shock. Mm-hmm. They need to be ready. It's going to happen, so help me. And it's not going to be a skirmish. No. It's going to be. But the battle is going to be on the water and in the air. Yeah. It's going to be a different dynamic. Yeah.
0: They're not going to be invading the beaches like this. No, it's
2: going to be Navy and Air Force. Yeah.
0: And, you you know, I think there's also another element that's going to be involved into it. It's going to be more, a lot of technological side. And I think we've got to be prepared, you know. I, it's, we get so consumed in in this the nonsense of these electronics that you know. when they get shut down and we end up going to war and you can't text message or FaceTime or call anybody anymore, and then you're actually having to fight for survival. I mean, it's, they again, they've got to be prepared for this. And, you know. Yeah, you know, I,
2: you're almost touching on something. We'll never be prepared. Mm-mm. Until the administration that runs our country gets prepared, and I don't see it happening. Mm-mm. No, no, nope.
0: I I stand right there with you no. on that. I do not see it happening. No, uh, you know, the whole America first. You know, America is first. Yeah, uh, it's it's my faith first, and then America. You know, faith and country, or God and country. The easiest way to now say China it. China knows this. Yeah, yep. they do they know this. Oh yeah, you know, no, it's 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 very evident. You know, the rest of the world sees it too, and. It's super unfortunate, but I want to talk about real quick because you were in New Zealand when you got word y'all were going to Iwo Jima. You kind of,
2: no, 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 that never came up. Okay, no one ever mentioned that happened with Roosevelt at his his office. Mm -hmm. No, that never. We did not know where we were going. That word was never out. Nobody knew it. Okay. Well, I'm quite sure that our general knew it. I'm, I, they, I know he knew it. Yeah. But it never got out. This was top secret. We we did not know it until we woke up one morning at five o'clock and saw the battle.
0: Was it? So in February. It was
2: three miles off the beach, and we we had little ducks, alligators. Yeah. That went right up on the on the beach. That's what we loaded into. Then we knew where we were.
0: So you went in completely blind, unknowing, had no idea. Unbelievable. No
2: idea what and it was never mentioned. We never thought about it.
0: Facing certain death. And one of we we've talked and I said it's probably been 2018 and I remember your story. You hit the beaches and you laid face first on oh, the ground. And gosh. it and I swear to God, I still tell this story to everybody I encounter whenever I speak about you mm-hmm. because it's moved me deeply just to hear the words that you uttered knowing obviously complete uncertainty you're storming these beaches you have a flamethrower in your back and you laid down and said what
2: yeah if we laid down I better have a man on my left and right because I can't get up yeah but you see when I got up over the beach you hit the first a uh, shell hole I lost him I yep. didn't have him I had to be very careful so I just got down there and on the side of the bank and sat upright so that I could not get up, mm-hmm. it was bad. I, I lost those two buddies of mine, and yeah, it it was all a shock, a surprise to us.
0: And you said you had a conversation with God, though, at that oh, moment.
2: Oh, I tell you, on the beach, I forgot to tell you about that. Yeah, that's the, that's How what I was talking about. I've ever forgot it. Yeah, all those years, we hit the beach. I lay face down on that sand, my first beachhead. A lot of John Bass alone was to my right. He came back with us. He got shot right there. He never got up. A sniper got him. I lay there, and I said, I don't know what to do. And I tried something. Now, you have to remember something. Depression kids did not spend time in church. We didn't have decent clothes. We didn't. We had a couple of shirts and a pair of pants, and my mother would sponge press them, do her best to make them look nice. We didn't like it, but we wore them. And tennis shoes, we never knew what a beautiful pair of boxers was. Until after, really after the war, of course, we had clothes and shoes in the Marine Corps, you know. (laughs) polish shoes I didn't know how to polish a pair of (laughs) shoes R.D.I. said listen you bird brains when I come and inspect those boots and these were that rough ankle tops I want to see my face in it and he turned around and walked out I said, How's he going to see his face in that <laughs> that brushed leather? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to try and do my best. Buddy says, that, and, and by gosh, you could see a, 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 an image. Wow. wow! Yeah, we worked on it. Oh man, we really. Oh, I'm getting. Oh, a bit. <laughs> that,
1: now there was discipline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so your 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 conversation with God, I haven't heard this one. I want to he- I want to hear yes, the conversation I forgot with God. To
2: complete on that. I I I said I'm going to talk to God. I we we always my mother always said you God's going to get you when we do something bad. And I said why did she always say that? God wouldn't do that. Well then it got to me to thinking you know so. I don't know. I I had a, the fear of God. I really did, but didn't know him. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew.
0: You didn't have the relationship. You just had the fear. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah.
2: I had no close relationship, but I knew that he, he had to be. Things just can't happen this way. Well, <clears throat> I said, God, I don't know much about you, but if you can do for me what folks say, And you get me off this, I don't know, I'll serve you the rest of my life. I didn't realize what I was saying, (laughs) but God did, Mm -hmm. and God does not forget. Nope. Well, I went through that battle all those six weeks. I was in a foxhole with two of my buddies. We had no squad. We were down hardly, well, look at 18, 20 of us there, and... I was sitting. I was sitting back against. I had. I didn't have my flamethrower. I carried a carbine. Didn't need it then because we, they were down by the water. They, cr- if unless they come back at us, and they did at nighttime, but that's as far as they would go. Well, so I was looking for snipers. So I got up on the horn right there, elbows there, and I'm looking like that, looking. I dropped back down as I can't see anything out there. So I got on the horn. And I said, Graves, to your company CP, and they said, Graves, go ahead, what's up? I was just looking for snipers about 15 minutes. I can't see anything. Well, you better continue looking because our first sergeant just took a sniper around his thigh. We just sent him to the medics. He said, you better keep it. By the way, you've got a kid coming for a replacement. And I said, good, we can use him. So about 10, 15 minutes later, I'm sitting there crawls up the top of the hole. And he said, Who, who's graves? I said, I am and he jumped in. He says, I'm your replacement. I said, Good, sit down over there. There be a lot to do tonight. And I said, Well, they want me to continue to looking, I guess I gotta look. They I they uh, they outranked me. <laughs> the other two. Yeah. And so I got up and I'm looking. I've been there fifteen minutes. I dropped back down I can't see a darn thing. This kid, let me have a look. And I said, now you get yourself shot. One of my buddies says, give him the glass. That's what he's here for. So I threw the glasses at him. He crawled up where I had been. And we're shooting the breeze. Marine talk. (laughs) He fell back. His helmet came off. lit between my feet. I looked down on his. We were shocked. I looked down on that helmet. And I saw a beautiful young lady sitting in a chair, and in her lap was a baby. Oh. I lost it. I jumped up, took everything off me I could, shook my fist in the air, curse Iwo Jima, curse the Marine Corps, curse God. Can you imagine after making that pledge on the beach? I said, for letting that kid take my place. I didn't understand. My buddy got up, smacked me in the face, threw me on the ground. They were all two older men, married. I got up, put stuff on me, got on the horn again. I I said, your replacement just took around the forehead. We're moving. Okay, Graves, we'll send a stretcher barrier that way. We crawled into another hole closer to the water. That was where we stayed till we were released. And I'm sitting there. And I said, you know, we don't drink coffee. Let's have some hot chocolate. I said, they said, good, make enough for three of us. Yeah. So we pooled our water together, canteens, and in a canteen cup, filled it about, oh, right up about that far from the top. We diced our hot chocolate in it. ration bar? Yeah. That's the only thing we liked about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we ate. Well, anyway, it started cooking away. I put demolition on it, lit it, beautiful blue fire. You have to ignite it yeah. to go up. And so we're sitting there shooting the bow. Who, smell that? Yeah, let's have it. I said, I think it's ready. Then all of a sudden, hey, Marine, very good chocolato. <laughs> you bring chocolato here. <laughs> I said, if you want chocolate, you come and get. It. He said, Oh no, you bring here. <laughs> 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 that actually happens. Oh, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> you, you should have seen the few other holes. They were. <laughs> 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 oh, my <gosh. laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Uh, so people write me and say, <laughs> "Hey Graves." So tell us the story about the hot chocolate. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it.
1: I'm saving that one. I'm <laughs> yeah,
2: speaking. Are there any questions? How about the hot chocolate? Uh, <laughs> I don't like it that well, but they like it. <laughs> oh, my
1: goodness. That is awesome. So <laughs> when you came home, you you did you did keep your promise to God. What? You did keep your promise to God.
2: Oh, he, he was around. Yeah, and, and <laughs> He was still
1: around. So when did you become a preacher all
2: right Uh, you remember that pledge I made on the beach nine years following that 1954 on the 15th of May I was on a fishing trip well we didn't catch any bass or any fish but the bottle bass were hitting oh yeah. yeah so I came home I was in pretty bad shape now, my wife and I were not making it. Yeah, we were talking about separating at the time. I came home to her apartment. She's doing housework. I flopped down on the couch. I was in bad shape. I never expected this. The phone rang. She answered, laid the phone down on the, da- on the table, and, Don, Mr. Buehler wants to talk to you. Now, this gentleman was from Copenhagen, Denmark, and his wife. They were wonderful people. They helped us. They were our landlords one time. Uh, You could always count on them for something good, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hello, Peter. He said, Donald, I want to tell you something. I'm going to talk to you, and I don't want you to say one word. You are a mess. I didn't deny that. You are losing your best friends. You're going to lose your wife. I didn't deny that. Would you take my wife and I, Billy Graham, meeting down in Oshkosh, 16 miles down Lake Winnebago. <clears throat> this is in Wisconsin. Yeah.
1: Billy Graham? Yeah. That's who my father studied under. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, is a, he has all of his books. Yeah, he yeah. he never, worked with the I'll, I'll never forget
2: Billy. <laughs> well, the, the film came out. We're sitting there in the front row of the whole 2,700 people in this place, and they put me right in the front seat right by the stage. You know, the screen is wide. Yeah. On comes belly. And this is what he said. Never forget him. You are not your own. You're bought of the price. And that price was Jesus Christ on Calvary. What are you going to do with Christ in your life? You know you're here tonight. You're without him. You want him. You need him. You come. You receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. He died for you. He forgave you all your sins. Nailed him to his tree. What are you going to do with Christ? You come. Well, later the film ended. And then I I I just it was though he was I swore his finger was right on my nose. I thought he was talking to me. Right. I was in bad shape. Then the film ended and an old preacher got up on the stage and he said, Normally we would go home now, but we're not gonna do this night. I know you're here. You're with all Christ. You need him in your life. Your life's a mess and we're going to give you the opportunity to come up with us. We will pray for you, give you a Bible, and send you home. I said, if they do that, I'll go up. And they started singing that beautiful song, Just As I Am Without One Play. I love it. And they sang. And I, I broke up. I just, I just let go. I got up on my feet, and he said, it came up, He said, now we're having an invitation. If you have need of Christ, walk up out of your seat. And come around. And come up to, to see us. We'd like to talk with you. And I said, I got to go up. And then a voice said to me, loud and clear, sit down, you fool. What about your wife? Now, we weren't making it. Yeah. I said, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. I turned around and looked at her. She looked at me, got up, took my hand, and said, let's both walk up together. Wow. We walked up, received Christ as our Lord and Savior. We got a Bible, went home, dropped a couple off, went to our apartment, sat in a overstuffed leather chair, a wedding gift we never sat together in. And here we're sitting together. I've got that Bible on my lap. And I says, I don't know anything about the Bible, but I'm going to open up and put my finger on something. Start I'll reading. never forget it. And I put my finger down and this is what I read. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Nahum one seven. Never forget it. That was the start of my career of five states. And then God suddenly said to me, So you have to retire. So you have to take your wife to your daughters.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you're not through. You're still going I'm still going to use you. And he does. I never forget the Lord in my speeches no matter where I'm at. Yep. I've never had anybody criticize me. Only in Texas. <laughs> you Texas people out there, you <laughs> ought to give yourself an applause. <laughs> <laughs> we we got some
0: difficult folks. Yeah, we did. Yeah, with. Yeah.
1: That's why my family came here, too. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> No, that's one of the things when I see your story and I've seen some of your interviews and when I've encountered you at the Stars and Stripes, it's the one thing I've noticed about you is that God resonates through you. Absolutely. And then when I hear your story, especially from Iwo Jima, I know that God is speaking through you, and he's— brought you here for a reason you survived the island for a reason you survived your relationships you survived everything for a Isn't reason it's
2: amazing how i went around a circle and wound up in texas
0: absolutely
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I'm, di- I'm gonna die here yeah i'm all set up we're gonna my wife and i i've got to earn at home us we queen made it. i'm gonna be cremated yeah i'm gonna cheat the i know what's going on I'm going to cheat the preacher out of about 1500 bucks. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I'm all set for uh, to her and I going a bolt at the VA. <laughs> okay. or at the cemetery out there. Yeah. <laughs> got it all set up, paperwork and everything.
0: Oh, wow. I'm in no hurry, but I'm going yeah, to yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll tap the <laughs> yeah, brakes on yeah,
2: Just hold off, Lord, for a while. We got things to do. <laughs> we got, we got, got, things, road, got we, things to do. We got a
0: country to save still. Yeah. We, we we need <laughs> Don <Dawn> here.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Before we close, whenever we
1: close. <laughs>
2: I would like to sing God bless them. I was gonna Uh, ask
1: you to end it with that. So we 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 Where are
2: you say I should go?
1: We are we are coming near the end. Do you have anything else that you want to we could sit here and talk for three hours if they'd let us but
0: look I know we've highlighted it, but I like to end these episodes with just like give you, you know, the platform real quick. What message you I know we've talked about the generational gaps and some of the issues and then what words do you have for this next generation? Who might be lost, or these individuals who might be lost? Do we do and, you have words for them? And
1: I'd like to add something else to that. Our audience, we, this goes up on FireEngineering.com, so our audience is primarily veterans and firefighters. And I'd like you to add a message on an addendum to mm-hmm. that to them, to to keep them keep going. You know, uh,
2: I, I speak at uh, galas, banquets, raising funds for the firemen and the police. Especially the twin towers, mm-hmm. and it, it it just it just moves me because what they died doing was as just as important as fighting a war. The same thing. Yeah, absolutely. The same thing, and and they're they're heroes. They're American heroes. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I wish people would understand when they see a fireman. And I've I've got I know most most cops in for in Man. this area Fort Worth yeah And now know Judge O'Hara real good <laughs> he just interviewed me about three weeks ago oh really yeah we had a great time he's an Irishman you know both <laughs> of us are Irish and we talked he was the one that told me Don if you go back again stay away from Belfast go to Dublin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that yet it, how. It's very difficult, uh, 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 fellas, because the system has got a hold of them. And those that run the system, excuse the language, but just don't give a dang. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They don't care about our country. That's obvious. this, This is the lowest I have ever seen America, and I'm 98 years old. I remember, I've always been a one that loved my country, but I've found to love it all the more when I received the Lord Jesus Christ in battle. I didn't know it at the time, but it came, became a reality at a Billy Graham meeting. Billy Graham sent me a, I wrote him a, he sent me a beautiful letter back. Yeah. And I've got a beautiful letter from Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> A birthday greeting. Oh, wow. And I said That's to my, my two kids, I said, Donald Trump doesn't know me. And then it dawned on me, Mad Dog, the General. <laughs> yes. His Secretary of Defense told him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been at meetings together. He's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Incredible. That Are is, we,
0: ready, we ready to end this well, out with the song? Yeah, yeah let me uh, say our good. little outro, uh, yep. and then uh, I'm going to have you just close this whole thing out with God Bless America. Oh, Can right. you do let's that for do, us? Let's right. do our
1: outro, and we'll cue you in. So...
0: Personally, thank you uh, for being here with us. It's my absolute honor and privilege just to sit here before you to hear your story, um, and you know, I've, it's this thing has been bringing tears to my eyes. I've got yeah. goosebumps. Yep. This is something I've dreamed of for the last several years to finally get to happen, and I just I hate that it's taken so long. But COVID and all this other nonsense that's been out
2: there—never turn it down. Never turn anything down that you can you can do for your country. Absolutely, and especially. Serving the Lord. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yep. you bet. And I, and the I, Lord has a hand in this right
0: now. He does one hundred percent. Absolutely. And I just thank you so much for being here, supporting Sons of the Flag. Thank you. Supporting our mission, uh, Landon.
1: Thank, I, I couldn't thank you enough. It, it's well, we we've need been more, looking we forward. We need to this. more of you, fellas Thank you. I've been with, I've
2: been to three different groups like this, and you're all the same. Yeah, you're all the same. And you're you're doing something for your country.
0: We we got a lot of them out there. We just to give them the platform that yeah. speaks louder yeah. than the other ones. That's the thing. We got to give them better platform. You might be a,
2: you might be a little radical. Well, that's all right. Jesus Christ was radical. <laughs> he was yeah. radical. Absolutely
0: was. So, uh, if you want to hear this show, Fire Engineering Block Talk Radio, Sons of the Flag, uh, Sons of the Flag dot org. Hit up Sherry. And this will Greg. be
1: our first visual episode, so that's, yes, that's going to be exciting.
0: Yes, this, this is exciting. So um, I'm gonna. Pass it to you, I, brother. Something
2: I forgot. You mentioned Sherry. Uh-huh. I have to tell you something. I have had a, a lot of public speaking meetings. It slowed down because of that COVID. Yeah. Somehow we can't get back where we were. Yeah. It's slow. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I got to tell you something. The greatest group that I've ever spoken to was Sons of the Flag. It's awesome. I look forward to all the times that I'm invited. The only piece, uh, 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 the only uh, that that I was disappointed in was last year when I spoke with you. Sherry wouldn't give me two pieces of pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted two pieces of pie. Sang two songs. <laughs> That's why you do what I do. Sit at the extra table that has the open seats <laughs> yes, and just say they're coming love. back because yeah. you'll get whatever you need. Did you hear that, Sherry? <laughs> yeah.
0: right. there's, a, there's a strategy in this. So, All right.
2: God bless America. Yes, Let's God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night. With a light from above, from the mountain to the prairie to the ocean, why, before God, bless America, my home, sweet home, God bless. America, my home, sweet home.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, Thank you so (laughs) much. Thank you so much, Don. (laughs) Thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. I (laughs) love it. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly
0: beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the Bride and Groom?